This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. And Craig Hutchison, Damien Barrett with you for this episode seven of series eight. And what's Jane Neild on today, Hutchie? She's very worked up. Hello, Damo, <laughs> our wonderful producer, Jane. Yes, Jane found herself in the middle of a controversy during the week, which is unfamiliar territory. So we'll get to that a little bit later on I've in the show. I've never seen her so... No, it's good. Edgy, Hachi. It's passion. She's demanded airtime. 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 Yep. Coming on. It's passion. Which not, is... not, not just for the scorecard, but for the main body. Fair enough, too. It's been long over. I'm keen to actually see what she wants to say, actually. Welcome back, Damo, to the AFL season. It's yeah. Good. Yeah, for those who live in the southern markets or just love the footy, it's three days away. In the NRL, of course, we've been going for... The best part of two and a half rounds. So I spoke about this last night, but I won't get on my hobby horse again. But we I, I, I watched your show last night, Footy Quest. Yeah. I didn't see this bit. What did you say? We are too late playing. Okay, so I've heard people try and mount this case. It doesn't matter, mate. It doesn't matter that the AFL starts after the NRL. There's there's very um, – it's a tenuous link to say that, that the AFL misses the march. It doesn't matter at all in Melbourne, which is where you live and what you are influenced by. It doesn't matter in Adelaide and it doesn't matter in Perth. It matters a whole lot in Sydney and Brisbane. And if you spend any meaningful time in those markets, you would realise that the NRL are dominating. I've lived in both cities, actually, actually. Lived. I know. Lived, lived, lived for three years in Brisbane, lived in, yeah, lived in yeah, Sydney for a more than a year. Around, yeah, I've actually lived, lived in these cities. Area. I don't yeah. breeze in and breeze out of a beautiful hotel like you each time. It's too late for the AFL, and I think the we need to support well, not we. The industry should support the northern markets better by getting on earlier in those. Two, because the NRL have done a magnificent job to start the season. I, I think they're both both clubs now are established. What do I say? Both clubs, the the major clubs, the I'm talking Brisbane Lions and Sydney Swans, are well established enough for for it to, to totally absorb whatever start time. Disagree. I think we've got development teams in the Giants and the Suns who are fighting for their share of attention. You're going to get attendance at Sydney and Brisbane, granted, but media oxygen airtime discussion debate. The zeitgeist of the community is not is missing at the moment because the NRL is dominating discussion, and, and while it might, it's the biggest at the moment, biggest sport in those markets. Yeah, anyway. okay. In two weeks' time, when NRL's four weeks in, and there's still excitement about the AFL in two weeks in, and I'm a, I'm an NRL man, as you know, I love NRL. It's my second favourite sport, so I'm not one to bash NRL. I love it, but I, I, to me, yes, coming from the Melbourne vantage point, it just does not matter uh, that the start time's two weeks out. Disagree, and I, I can't believe we let a long weekend go in Melbourne. What an opportunity to play that was. Why weren't we playing on Monday? Why are we waiting three more days till Thursday? Like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. People, I, I think there's a bit of a reset on the weekend just gone. I don't know what you, you were like, but I think I, a lot of, no one was left in town. There would have been no one going to you the like games. the reset weekend. Well, there was no one, I don't know what you noticed, Hutchie, there was no one in town from about Thursday night onwards. The, the roads were beautiful. <laughs> you know, my bugbear <laughs> of the roads. You could actually get it's around Melbourne. Even on the weekend, it was a, there's no, yeah. one, no one stayed in town. So yeah, Anyway, just a little... Yeah. Uh, a political observation to start. Where would you like to start today, Damo? There's a bit to get through. There is. There is. There's more lists to discuss. Barely a day goes by without a can list. I, before we get to the serious stuff, can yeah. I, on a lighthearted note, yes. Can I? We talk about the manufacturer and the validator, and we and the PR payoff, and some of these areas of journalism, and and the manufacturer and the clickbait go hand in glove, right? So if you can manufacture a story that can click, you don't worry about whether the story's got any validity, it's true or otherwise. I saw a couple of <laughs> ripping examples last week. Go for it. News.com.au, exclusive entertainment. Two minutes ago, they always like, you know, even though it's the time reference now has become a thing. Two minutes ago. As yeah. in, it's just dropped. 
How Larry Emder escaped bitter Clark Yarbrough scandal. <laughs> the drunken public bust-up between a cricketer, a socialite, a celebrity account and a brekkie TV host made international headlines. But get this, Damo, a fifth player escaped the fracas. Did he? <laughs> who was the fifth player? Larry Imda, <laughs> who's got clearly got a decent verity score because somehow he's, he's involved in this twist. And I'm... But what was the connection that he caught up with them Wait a, minute. a day earlier? <laughs> Wait a minute. Was he at the restaurant? Was he trying to calm them down? Was it was it uh, Laros as well as Carlos? Like, what's happened here? And so I click on. Carlos, I'm, you. I'm a willing clicker, by the way. I have a bit of intrigue. <laughs> I, 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 I commit my consumption to the, to the sake of the cause. <laughs> no, no, I think I, he's just got nothing to do. I click on. He had run into them in the street <laughs> and said hello walking past. Ten hours earlier that morning. <laughs> but that's how he escaped. He was in Noosa. Here's a news flash. Half of Australia was in Noosa <laughs> at Christmas. So, so that is indication or indicative of, of the Verity score being really yeah, nice for But he escaped Larry. the fracker because, t- look, if it had happened ten hours earlier in the main street, he'd have been caught in. Has, has Michael Clark addressed this yet on, on his own radio no, show? No. No. The second thing, reality is a headline, just like hookups is. Hmm. Hookups? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, you revealed, oh, sorry, I won't say revealed, but you brought to my attention and our listeners' attention last week that there is a new little There's subsection a, yep. on the Herald Sun postings, hookups. Yep. And it's just, is it just a, a vague reference to someone having gone out with someone at some stage yep. of the past 20 years? Yeah. Yep. Even just, even been on a date is enough. In the When I was a cadet at the Herald Sun, we were offered two months in each round for three years. You had yep. to do, uh, you did funerals, you did Cooking, you did, uh, you did courts, you yes. did police rounds. I didn't do those first two, but yeah. You did police rounds. Actually, I did do the eulogies for a bit, yeah. You did the weekly times. I did state rounds, yep. state politics. Rounds. Yep. At no stage as a cadet in Police. 1994 was yeah. I said, there's a two-month hookups round. <laughs> did you want to go and do the hookups round for two months? But if you went in there now, they'd say, well, you'd say, what about the police rounds and uh, what about the courts? You're going to have to go through reality and hookups first before you get to those sort of... Those rounds. Anyway, reality, wife flees country amid text dumping. Oh, you're, right? you're big on this. You, you were tweeting, oh, sorry, texting us about this. What? Take yep. us through this one. I thought, well, this is a maths story, and uh, my old mate Liam Pickering will be all over this. So I clicked on. Do you watch maths? No. It's it's like it has been refused at our place, Suchi. It's off and on without it being watched, if that makes sense. Oh, that so. Well, I'm just I'm about to say that that, that guy... Oh, you keep hanging on to this that. This might actually get me into trouble, but, but I'm loving the work of this guy called Harrison. Oh, here we go. He's just... It's he's taken the you-know-what. Yeah. Although that, that can be dangerous to say that because oh, I don't dude. know what he's done. But That's a metaphor anyway. for everything. Wife flees country amid text dumping, right? So that's okay. Or a wife has fleed the country. That is abnormal in a reality show. Is this a hookup headline? So I thought I'd better click on here because if someone's actually... <laughs> If someone's actually... You're better than the click. If someone's actually fled the country, this is a pretty big story, don't I? So I read it. Here it is. A married at first sight wife is unceremoniously <laughs> dumped by text while another goes on the run in the middle of the night and flees the country. Where'd she go? I thought, oh, wow. Leaving all of us wishing... So, so if you clicked on this for research for sounding board. Yep. Yep. Paragraph two. Okay, fine. <laughs> Flying back to Tasmania isn't technically leaving the fleeing the country, but she travels across an expensive body of water without telling anyone, and that's just as dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that was paragraph two. So now that was written a bit satirically. Oh, that's, satire. the, that's the uh, the reference to it. But the headline, Wife Flees Country, there's no satire about the headline. <laughs> no. That is an attempt to bring you into the story. Well, they, they got you. 
That is a manufacturer. And I am complicit by clicking. <laughs> I acknowledge that. But how, how has news got to this point, Damo, where a blatant lie in the headline is accepted behaviour? Actually, I think more to the point is how have you got to the stage where you're clicking on this stuff I am every a, single hour of every single day? I am inspired. You're better than that. Inspired, I thought you were better than this. Inspired by your fact checking. Now, given there is a new round hookups, given as you once did the footy beat, and yep. you famously got so many athletes at the Five point or hookups, which round Five you point, want? Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, I can re- immediately recall you getting Lee Colbert when he left Geelong and he was going to go to North Melbourne, but before he did all of that, he was off to the airport to go to the States and you somehow knew his travel plans. On these hookups things, if you were doing the hookups rounds, yep. would you have gone to the airport to get this wife fleeing the country? Well, I think these days, if you ta- if you got the... AFL captain quitting his club and he got the exclusive interview at the airport, you'd get back to the subs desk and they'd say, who was he travelling with? <laughs> yeah. I look happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's, that's where we've got to. But yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, trend in modern journalism. Anyway, we'll move on. We will. We're, a bit of, we'll. uh, we're only having a bit of tongue and cheek on that, uh, by the way. To, just as we do, we do time code it uh, Tuesday morning this particular week, which is, uh, what is it? Twelve or so hours after you uh, made your seventeenth season appearance on Footy Classified, Hutchie. We're back, and you're you're making your full first full time debut tomorrow night. It's not my first full time debut. You haven't had a full time seat on Classified before, have you? Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Have you? Yeah. Didn't you have? You had a fill in year or two, didn't you? I had a fill in year yeah. for obvious reasons one year, but yeah, I've not been on it. No, well, you, you haven't like ever, ever been. No one's ever said to you. This is your seat for the long haul before unclassified. Um, You've been a floater. <laughs> well, Let's be fair. I think as recently as last year, I hosted in your absence, didn't I? Exactly, exactly yeah. my point. Yeah. You've, you mean you've mm. been a, a a man for the occasion, but you've never really like <laughs> seventeen seasons. Though, a, was what, it's what been I a long to apprenticeship for you. Congratulations. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's a crowning <laughs> moment. Uh, seventeen seasons, though, Hutchie. It's not not a bad effort, if I can say so. It's a there's a sense of loyalty to carry there for me. So yeah, we've, this is our seventeenth year. We're in a way. Hey, um, the biggest story in general. Yeah, I want to talk about that. What is it? What's the question? Seventeen seasons. It's a long time to survive in this industry, Hutchie. It's a more. There've been more years of classified than there has been episodes of the footy show now. So that's still, uh, I think it's about, no, it's about 20 episodes maybe at the footy show that I lasted. So yeah, so, <laughs> 17th year as co-host or host. So yeah, no, it's it's close to my heart as a show. Or the very loyal team and sense of loyalty to each other. So it'll be, it'll be good fun. Hey, um, I want to talk to you about Gary Lineker. Yep. Can you set it up or do you need, yeah, need me to set it up? Or, yeah, good. <laughs> so this it, it, is, it does require a bit of setting up for those who Gary, may not know where about the Gary Lineker. English football legend. Yes. Earns £1.6 million, pounds, slash £2.4 million Australian. We Former like, England captain. Yeah. By yep. the way, that's another thing in, in journalism. We always convert to Australian dollars to make the number look bigger. <laughs> yeah. Because the exchange rate's so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when you want to make a number look big, 2.4 is a number, not 1.6 Australian, according to the papers. <laughs> so, he's um, been a legend on Match Day as well as part of the BBC coverage. Yep. Now, the BBC, of course, is supposed to be independent. There's a uh, conservative or Tory government at the moment in the UK, and he was critical on Twitter. Of... Is, this, is this like the ABC in Australia, though? Is yeah. It, yeah. But, I mean, when I say is it, I, I, I believe it to be, but I just want to make sure you're on the same page. Yep. He was critical on Twitter of the UK Home Secretary, Suella Braverman's um, video or post about stopping the boats. Migration. And migration yep. and asylum-seeking. And he criticised it a couple of times on Twitter. He was... There's a reference to... 1930s Germany? compared it to 1930s yes. Germany. Yep. Which I think is a very dangerous spot to take 
any argument. Now, there's there's no sort of beating around the bush when it comes to that type of statement. Inflammatory. Inflammatory is a good in word. In the eyes of yes. the BBC. Yep. He, ever, he had the view, by the way. There was a reference. I didn't interrogate this reference. I just noticed it passingly that there was a social media policy that was clear that he evidently breached and that it wasn't his first radio on the socials. I think they're both fair observations. Someone trap me if you think I got that wrong. No, that's my read on, yep. on catching up on this during the week, yes. But the overwhelming public sentiment was on his side. Overwhelming public sentiment was on his side. His colleagues were overwhelmingly on his side, women and men. And the alleged hypocrisy of others at the BBC, yes. the chair, the board, the you know, the Boris Johnson lawyer, you know, those all sorts of hooks on hooks Was on it hooks. right that the chair of the BBC had loaned personally Boris Johnson a sizable amount of yep. money, yeah, well, which I would have thought might be a conflict somewhere, but yeah. Well, there was, there was 15 um, perceived hypoc- hypocritical references, and he was, he was stood down for the match day show. As a result of that, they went out on force demo. There was like a almost a strike of key talent, stand down of people. and Well, they put uh, programming to air without commentary around some yeah, of it. It was mayhem. They, they, had, they barely put a product out on Sunday, and they've since... Um, broken bread, he's back. Uh, talked uh, warmly about his, but there was a, a, a cry for the BBC execs to go. It was on for young and old. Your view, Damo, on this? Well, again, just to finish it up, though, it's it's basically been resolved as of last night, hasn't it? I saw some some social media postings last night from even Gary himself. Yep. Um, I don't think we need to go into too much detail, but but I think it's is it fair to say it's been resolved? Is that just to put a loop on the conversation it before has. we give our opinions? In the Labor leader got involved, said the BBC is not acting impartially by caving into the Tory MPs who are complaining about Gary Lineker. So, and the, the Prime Minister, uh, Rishi Sunak, got involved, issued a statement defending the policy. Yep. Um, he said, I hope they can resolve the issues. Well, they have. I'm just reading it now. Gary has said he's back hosting MOTD, maybe match of the day on Saturday after a surreal few days. I'm delighted that we have navigated our way through this. A final thought, however, however difficult the last few days have been, it simply doesn't compare to having to flee your home from persecution or war to seek refuge in a land far away. It's heartwarming to have seen the empathy towards their plight from so many of you. As for, uh, he pointed out there's 45,000 people who risk their lives every year by trying to swim the English Channel across. Hey, tell me, were they in the right or wrong to stand him down? Wrong. Why? Well, for, for the hypocrisy to which you've referred to, and again, we don't know the operations of the BBC like we would the, the Australian organisations, but... Once you do immediately establish lines of hypocrisy, I think you remove the, the, the need to put your chest out in a figurative sense and make a statement on, on such matters. The, the murkiness around what it is you can and can't say in this space ah, is my, always there. We're at the heart of this, aren't we? Right now we are. At the heart yeah. of this. It's we've talked about it a little bit here on Long yeah, Way on small scale. On, yeah. There are members of the media who feel empowered to tweet and send social messages aggressively, freely, and without fear or favour of consequence. And we've debated the... And often without full education in in the said topic. We've debated the mirror of that or otherwise. Do you think Gary is entitled to be tweeting about asylum seekers? Well, of course he is. I mean, he he can do whatever he wants to do, but there's ramifications, aren't there, for such actions? And and clearly... How would you have handled a view of the BBC? Oh, I would have let it go. You know, it's it's okay... You would have let it go? It's okay to be... It's okay to be critical, but but to not have a situation where you stand someone down too. I mean, to use the famous well, I don't even know if it's a Ross Lyon line, but you 
condemn the action, support the individual. I mean, you, you could do that, couldn't you? I mean, I don't think it's that much of a stretch. To, What's to... the backstory, though? How many times have they had to call him in and say, hey, mate? Oh, again, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and is he an expert in this space? I, I don't know. I mean, does he fully know the immigration policy? I, I would argue that what he has said to say, he's, he's got reason to say, and I've never – I don't follow soccer that closely, Hutchie, but I'd imagine he's – is probably as educated as anyone can be from the outside looking in, and he's certainly got a voice, and, and it's, it resonates because of what's happened in the past week. Very, very respected voice. Yeah. His voice transcends football, doesn't it? Like it's, it seems to. Yeah. yeah, but again, it's like again, we're probably getting off the topic now. But in terms of the the reason we're talking about on the sounding board, it's like the actors in Hollywood who think that they can tell the world how people should live, and and it's. Again, there's people in media in this town, Hutchie, and we highlight them regularly too, who, who have the same view, that they, they think their opinion counts on world matters. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And there is – and this is – I'm not afraid to say this. There are ramifications for, for such action under certain employment arrangements, and that's just the way the world works. And you sign up to a deal. You know that those arrangements are in place, don't you? And, and deep down, deep down, Gary would have known. As in Gary Lineker. Yeah, I think he would have known the impact he was having. Like, he would have backed his own mm. reputation to overcome the, the backlash his employer might give him because yep. of his entitled view of how he's going, which I'm not saying critically. I'm just – that would be real. Mm. You can, and, I, and I don't think you ever throw in references to Germany in the 1930s without knowing it's hitting his own for impact yep. and how that impact plays out can go a number of ways. I, I tell you what, and you, you've um, we've talked about the ABC in the past and – you think back in the day, I was a little, little hard on them at different times. I'm coming ready to view though, by the way, recently. But yep. how, how impossible is the role of the ABC and the BBC in modern times? You've got a yeah. hypersensitive community yeah. who is distrusting of the relationship between broadcaster and government. You've got commercial media who has hated the ABC yep. funding arrangements forever. forever. Like yourself, you, you hate them for that reason. No, I don't. I just, I just don't think they understand the. Yep. How hard it is. You know? Well, the other aspect too is there's a regular change of government, so they are dealing yep. with different sides of politics, and whether and then, they're left leaning or right leaning, in it's pretty politics, obvious what they are. But they're dealing with different governments. If you're the prime minister and you're funding something, of course you're going to try and influence it. You're yeah. going to be not be seen to, but you're going to be trying. Like hmm. if you if you're writing the check every month for the BBC and then you're getting whacked on the platform, you're grabbing someone in your office and saying, <laughs> "Well, that's just human nature." Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. yeah. <laughs> So give me give me your take to put a light on this, please. I've thought about it a little bit. I have some empathy for the BBC role, and there's not many would. I do. Mm. If they had had many times saying to him, please be careful what you're saying in these areas for for these reasons, what you might not understand yeah. is this. Yeah. And he kept going. But are they doing it purely for the financial reasons, though? No, I, I, I suspect I wouldn't put it past that being I the case. I would guess there's... Half a dozen times when he's put them in a bad spot, they've explained to him the spot he's been put in, he's kept going, and they felt they had no other cause but to take him off air. And then all people see is, he's off air, this is unacceptable, and they attack. Yeah. Right? I, that would be my best guess. And I think um, he's, a, he's, I think he's a, a consultant or a freelancer, isn't he? It's not as if he's uh, full-time a, yeah, employed. That's, and, and that's another so that's murky element to it. So yeah. it and that is, that is true, right? Mm. If you work full-time for a business, you, you are more uh, in the slipstream of their values and opinions, and you are if you come and go. Yep. That's true. Like, you're a come and go here, right? I, yep. I, don't, I have no control over you, really, and nor would I ever try to. Well, to your credit, you never have. And I yeah. don't have any, not that I have any control over anyone else But I reckon else you, either, would, you would ring me if you, if you thought I had done something that jeopardised something similar to what we're well, doing. when you're a here. gun for hire, you've you really got to kind of live with the, what comes with that a little bit. Yeah. But, but I suspect 
taking him off air was a bridge way too far. Too far, yeah. 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 However, they may they may feel they had they run out of options, like Yeah. And on them, they're gonna live and die they're gonna know what they're buying, right? So you've got to be able to go, well, Gary, we're having for football, we're gonna to have to live with mm. his political commentary because he ain't stopping that, and that's gonna be a tax on the opportunity to mm. have him. And are we all prepared to do that? But then you get the payoff, don't you, for what happens now next weekend when he's back on air. There's going to be a fair bit of interest in what he says. now, And whether he goes down the path and whether yep. he spends five minutes explaining or giving context, there's eyeballs on that set, aren't there? But what do eyeballs actually mean to them if they're not commoditizing their product? I suppose being the, yeah, the ABC style. We've probably exhausted that enough, haven't we, given we don't really know what we're talking about. On that? I think it's fascinating. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> um, just on another similar note, Hutch, you know, and we'll get to Jane in a minute. She is, she's actually put the headphones on. She's, she wants to come on and she thought she was going to be on before now. Um, Nathan Buckley's comments about footballers and concussion. Yep. I want to get your view before I give you mine. Well, and and for those for those who, who didn't catch up with it, you're basically about, you're about said, to tell me you disagree. No, no, you don't know what I'm about to say. I'm yep. gonna get your views because often you hide behind my views on this show. You throw it to me and then you I hide you, behind you, your views. You buy you buy time to work out what you're gonna say. So I want you, your view first. You really think I hide behind your views? You hide behind the time that I take to express my view and then you can form your own. Nathan had a view, it was played on Footy Classified last night. Nathan had a view on our SEN platform around the uh, complicit nature of a footballer in yep. the concussion cycle and that you, you've got to buy beware, basically. Yep. Was a, yeah, buy beware was a, a sentiment, a, yeah. A, a summary. Um, that's that's his view hmm. and that is he's entitled to that view. Yep. And I think different views is I, actually- I couldn't agree more. Part of the process. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know where we'll you're going to go with it. I assume you've yeah. got to go in that path. I, he's got why every we, right to have that view. Why and, do we get so outraged when people see oh, the world differently these days? So I didn't see this bit last night, but did Caro- Caro's arrow with yeah. him over that. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, again, she's entitled to that too, obviously. Yeah. But I, I actually absolutely agree with with Nathan on on this topic. Of course, there's a, a buy-beware component to playing a very brutal, dangerous sport, and and let's just establish that's what it is. I don't think it's anywhere near as brutal or as dangerous as it was, and I think the authorities are belatedly, and I think I'm prepared to say that actually quite belatedly, moving with trying to make it safer, but you're never, ever going to make it, quote, safe, are you? It, it's not designed to be safe. I mean, the the danger attached to it is, is its appeal, isn't it? What Once upon a time when you had an opinion, it was neither right nor wrong. It yeah. was an opinion. And you would debate the topic. Yeah. Now we all get outraged. We want to, be can- we want to cancel. Yeah. Well, we say someone's either wrong yeah. for their opinion yeah. or they're irresponsible having it. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually... So I want to have this conversation with you today for, to, to take it ahead a few steps. Is it possible that at some stage soon that the AFL will actually insert a clause into a standard player's contract, which is the buy beware clause, that this game is dangerous? And if you want to play it at our level, at the highest level, which, which you can do for 15, 20 years and set yourself up for life. And as we also know, if you're going to survive 15 years in this game as a player, you've almost got a guaranteed media career to come out of it as well. But there's a buy-beware clause. Now, some people may hear me saying that, Hachi, and maybe Caro's one of them, and it might be outraged that I've just said that that could be a possibility. But I'd be staggered if there aren't some people considering the insertion of such a clause into the standard player contract. It's a very complicated issue. It's clearly the biggest issue facing our game. I think it's one of the reasons why, one of the many reasons why Andrew Dillon will be closely considered as CEO because if it's probably closest to his remit of anybody. Yeah. It's the game's biggest risk from here. Bigger lawyer is what you're referring to. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. 
if you look at running a risk reward over the next 10 years of the AFL, it's its biggest risk. Don't you think? Like, yeah. We're not going to lose fans. Well, not on any scale that's going to matter. We're not going to lose. No, but you, you could lose participation, couldn't you? But with, with parents making decisions on behalf of and, athletes. And there's a retrospective area that's yeah. scary to contemplate. So, yeah, I, I I hear your point. I don't have a strong view on it either way, to be, to be fair, but yeah. I hear your point. And I'm cognizant of the dangers and the need for recourse because we kept telling the industry that it was world's best practice and, and now the practice today is very different to what it was relatively recently, which we were told was world's best practice. Hutch, we might have to let Jane on. Well, if we're going to – if we should – if we're going to invite Jane on the program, let's set this up properly and let's have a serious discussion around Okay. Well, I believe yep. Jane wants to come on about the Tom Morris situation of last week. And, and Tom Morris' situation of last week had uh, him appearing on Don't Shoot the Messenger with Corey Perkin and Caroline Wilson yep. as as part of his re-entry to football media. And I say part of. He, he needed to, I think, from a media strategy perspective, speak about what happened last year, which had him stood down from Foxtel. Yeah, and so have we got a sample of that? Do we well, want to do that yet? Or no, we, I, I don't no. think we need to play the audio necessarily, but okay. we'll have a chat about how it came to be and then I'll let, let you ask Jane the, the timing and the, some, of those, some of those issues. So yep. um, as part of the – so first of all, there's – And I thought he spoke really well, and, and that's my opinion. Others will say yep. that's a silly opinion, but I think well done to Tom. There's a motive of issues on both sides of the discussion. I think that's really healthy. I think one of the things we've tried to do, rightly or wrongly, is welcome and encourage alternate views and – have a mature conversation that shines a light on the consequences on 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 this issue. You know, the victim, almost all, and then Tom, perhaps a small amount, and understand and draw help be part of the conversation of driving society forward. So we never see these things ever happen again. Joy FM were had approached Tom during the break, and he had been keen to do that at the right time. When we were discussing with Tom the possible. Uh, role on a Sunday it was important that he tell his story somewhere, uh, and uh, he it was important. I agree, yeah, and we, I, think, we, I think he had to. We do couldn't. It. We couldn't. It was part of the discussion. We couldn't yep. move forward without it yep. being addressed properly mm. and and inviting. And so what, the Joy FM interview fell through. It fell through. Yeah, yep. I, don't, I don't know the exact specifics, but they, they were at Keen at one stage, and then I think uh, their interest waned or or, or vanished. Yep. And so then it didn't feel appropriate on our platform to do the interview. We're prepared to. It would have been Jared or similar, but it was offered. Um, but it's still on. So, okay. So let, let's now get get to a then, couple of points. And, and Caro said, well, we'd be keen. Corey was against it, to be fair. Yes. That was and, and said obvious. so in the interview, yep. and it was important yep. that that be heard as well. Yep. Uh, but Caro was keen to do it, as she talked about last night. And then Jane uh, organised the interview, and Jane produces our podcast and and Don't Shoot. So that's how it came to be. And the other aspect of this is, is A, the interview and how Caro and Corey did it, and yep. then subsequent to this, and I think this, Jane, is the, if I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is the bit that you are quite worked up over, the fact that it was separate to the normal Don't Shoot the Messenger, but released a day later, which happened to be International Women's Day, and the and the outrage that, that some people had that Tom Morris's first airing of voice over what he did last year occurred on, by way of a plan from yourself and others attached to the podcast on International Women's Day. And again, you're keen to speak. We're not asking you to do this. You wanted to come on today. So I just want go. To, before, you, before Jane answers, it wasn't planned to be on International Women's Day. Correct. It wasn't. Well, it was because it was planned to be released it, on the Thursday, which was International Women's Day. No, it wasn't. It was International Women's Day was the Wednesday. Wednesday. Right. The age, uh, Caro was writing it for the age and it was our expectation that would be dropped Thursday or Friday. It, it ended up 
running online Wednesday night, at which point we had no choice. Correct me if I'm Jane, but to release Look, the it podcast. was a choice and it was a very concerted um, decision on Carol and my's behalf. Once the age decided, two female editors, there was a lot of phone calls. I got to live in your world for a few hours on, on Wednesday. Do we go? Do we not so go? So Chloe Soto and, yep. and Carol. There was, an age, to, there was an age decision to run the to run the story Wednesday night. Yep. But in my opinion, it would have been a bad decision to go, oh, but we can't offend women on internet. Oh, we better just wait till tomorrow morning. I mean, how tokenistic would that be? It ran at 8, 8.30 on a Wednesday night of International Women's Day where I will personally say my level of discomfort at watching my social media feed be filled by tokenistic bullshit, I'm going to say, in a lot of cases about events paid by corporate sponsors. The cupcake backlash is on and has been for a few years, you know, watching your feed of, oh, wow, International Women's Day, aren't we doing great? Having just sat through an interview where someone like Tom Morris admitted he was fully able to live in a complete bubble within the AFL media industry and have no idea about some of the issues that were discussed on the podcast. To me, it would have actually done a disservice to women who are capable of confronting uncomfortable, challenging Concepts. But there was a there was a backlash. I mean, you alerted me to the backlash. I must admit, I wasn't aware of it, Jane. But but obviously, you were copying it personally and yes. by extension. So you you are calling that out today. Absolutely. I'm going to refer to also Eva Cox, who is an 85 year old feminist and an activist who basically said, um, people don't have a sense of excitement about what we're doing now. We are busy trying to fit women into male slots. Big companies can have a morning tea and show they have promoted a few women and look good. But Eva Cox says we are worse off than we were 20 years ago. So this corporatization of International Women's Day and what I think a lot of the Don't Shoot the Messenger listeners perhaps found very uncomfortable, it makes you confront your concept of what a good guy is. I urge you to listen to the full mm. episode, but Tom openly admitted that he thought he was a good guy whilst at the very same time able to send, admittedly, and he owned it, racist, homophobic, and very destructive messages within a blokey world. And I had one listener reach out personally to me and say, this was the first thing on International Women's Day that I could send my 20-something son, private school educated, good job, privileged white boy. It was the first thing I could send to him and say, can you listen to this and can we discuss it? Because I've noticed a few things that perhaps set some little mum red flags going, hey, you seem to think you're a good guy, but you also, I notice, speak about women in a way that is not in line with the good guy image. So I think there was a lot of discomfort that Tom actually owned it and admitted you can live in a complete bubble and have no idea yeah. about what women are challenged with and going through. So there's a, sorry, Damon, there's the timing. So um, that, again, the age made the decision when, to publish the story because they were doing the pre-write and then Jane followed suit half an hour later. That yep. wasn't a timing that was orchestrated. It was a decision of the age, but it was pre-orchestrated that we would drop the podcast soon after whenever it ran. Correct. Is that fair? Absolutely. So then ha having – and then Corey was against the interview. Yeah, and, and she made that clear. And yeah. I think that's really healthy too. Like if having alternative views on, on, on a very emotive and sensitive topic is the only way I think to – to deal with it and to handle it and to invite different perspectives. Hmm. And I, I don't think any of the, the backlash has been unreasonable or I think it's part of the process of let, letting 
alternate views. And, and Corey, yeah. and some of your Don't Shoot audience um, weren't comfortable with it at all either, were they? I mean, I, I know there's a, a mix, but there was a little mm. bit of sentiment that was... I'd imagine too, without delving into the feedback you got, but I would imagine that, let, let's pull out a percentage that might be inaccurate. Let's go with 80% of people who complained probably hadn't bothered to click and listen. They just would have seen other people trying to generate outrage. And, yeah. and Hutchie, I'm, really, I'm glad that Jane volunteered to come on today because let's face it, and this is not easy to admit, but being what we are, I'm 50, early 50s, you're late 40s, white in this town, I dance around words because I've been in situations before where words do get you caught up. And I couldn't talk about International Women's Day with authority in a way that I'd like to on this show because of that situation. And I'm with Jane about the tokenism attached to it. I think there's tokenism attached to Father's Day and, and, and Mother's Day and whatever other day we've got. Um, I know that's separate to what International Women's Day is, but there was, there was enough um, people I, I, upset with it. When I saw it drop on the night, I observed the feedback and did a lot of listening and observed the... And part of it for me was trying to learn and understand and Jane's got one view, others will have a different view. I think it's... Um, you know, when, when someone like Tom does something so horrible and you've got two choices, I think you, you can let that be his... Last act, defining moment, yeah. and which is would be wrong in itself as well. Yep. But yes, that would have, how it would have been or, seen. Or if he is to reemerge, and as uncomfortable as it can be, is there a role in modern media to actually have a constructive, meaningful, respectful discussion about it? While yeah, trying not to, while trying to protect the victim at the same time, which is difficult to and do. And that's the other difficult issue, to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think to Jane's point, there, there will be some parents who went, you know what, my son. He's, he's tracking into these areas, and I, perhaps yeah. I can call this out a little bit earlier and I can acknowledge it. And I think, you know, looking back, not to paraphrase Tom, but he probably would have loved someone to grab hold of him and say, hey, mate, you're mm. ahead of yourself. Burst yeah. the bubble. Pull your head in. Yeah. yeah. Um, these areas are no you know, no good. And he's, there would be a lot of people on that WhatsApp who would be kicking themselves that didn't call out yeah. his behaviour, I think. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, like it's- And we've all had moments like that, Hutch, haven't we? I mean, conversations you have with mates, you, you look back on even- yep. You know, like a month ago, you think, oh, I probably should have called that one out. You know, we all do that. Yeah, and you, you, you say it things. Does, it doesn't make you yeah. think about it. What behaviour have I looked away from or looked past along the way, particularly as blokes, right? Yeah. We're not great at calling out what we need to as quickly as we do. Mm. And then, Jane, just before we move on this, the footnote, do you think, the how do you assess the interview and how it went and... Look, we got a lot of really positive feedback as well, saying it was really great to hear two women discussing this with a younger man when actually... He could have easily gone on, you know, a different station or just spoken to another bloke who works in AFL media. And I think a lot of praise, especially for Corey Perkin, for going up against Caro. And, and, you know, I've seen there's a lot of people who are very intimidated by Caroline Wilson and people like Corey who have lived Mm. in this world. I mean, don't forget, these are trailblazers of women. And we've talked about it on the show. They admit now in the lens of today, they look back have been sexually harassed, have been discriminated against for being women, but managed to live through it. And I yeah. think we also need to remind young women now that it's not going to be easy. I mean, we've got a stack of questions in question time today about, well, where are the women? Where a lot of women just, just won't even try to get into this industry because it's tough and it is still male-dominated. You know, on International Absolutely. Women's Day, I was the yeah. only woman on a on a content meeting of all of our producers of probably 15 blokes. Yep. I'm comfortable in that space, but sometimes, you know, there is mm. discomfort there in going, hey, what about this, guys? Or So I think, you know, there's women who will listen to that and also go, well, if Caro and Corey can have the tough conversations, 
perhaps I can also be tough enough to enter this industry. Because mm. at the moment, we're just turning women away because it's like, oh, it's too hard. It's a boys' club. Well, that doesn't change anything. Yeah, and it's not, it's not, that's not limited to media either. No, correct. That attitude. So I think, they, Carol, and just a last point on that, that was, they did a great job with the interview. They are both outstandingly talented. Well, that's not a surprise. Journalists and broadcasters. Jane did a, a great job producing it, and, and, I thought, and Tom to did be a fair, great Tom, job. Look again, Tom was people uh, don't want to vulnerable. hear Tom, but Tom did a. He was vulnerable. He was honest. Did what he had to do, and 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 clearly wanted to do for the right reasons. And that you know that's what happened. Yeah. Can I have the last word? Of course. There has been a bit of feedback too that if we do not allow, there was emails saying, "How dare you give this man a microphone." And I'll just say, in a world where I'm raising a nine-year-old and wondering how I keep him away from the Andrew Tates and the Jordan Petersons in this world, if you do not allow someone to acknowledge a mistake and potentially Mm. help others learn from that, where does that leave us? That leaves us with very isolated, disgruntled, dissatisfied young men who can very easily, I think, be influenced in a world where they're not listening to commercial media, yep. they're not listening to main, they're not listening to the ABC. They're watching YouTube in the morning with men who live in even more seriously dangerous bubbles thank than you. what we've seen. On thank display. you, Jane, for your honesty. Thank you, Jane. Well done. <laughs> Do we want to Can go? We to talk something? about maths again. <laughs> <laughs> and Harrison, yeah. um, let, let's go to something far less important, Hutchie. The, the cooking the books of TV figures. Why are you laughing? You know, you know where I'm going with this. Well, it was a, it was a, um, you sent me the article, didn't you? Inflammatory key. I well, did. Jane did. Yeah. I did. No, I did send you the article because. No, you, actually, you did send it. Written by Zoe Samios and yep. Colin Kruger in the uh, SMH and Age. Right? Yep. So yep. The, the Zoe and Colin. Oh, I've used this phrase cooking the books. There's by a disclaimer the way. on the bottom of this uh, story, by the way. It says, you know, nine is the publisher. Channel nine is the publisher of. I did see yeah. that reference. <laughs> yeah. So the Rupert Murdoch's TV and streaming company, Foxtel, is fighting claims it's overstating its audience on key entertainment and sports content, including in our own AFL. Um, Australia's leading ratings provider, Oztam, contacted Foxtel last week following the release of Rating Star. So Oztam have asked to clarify their numbers in their press release. Foxtel have denied any wrongdoing. Transparency and accuracy of data is something they take incredibly seriously, a Foxtel spokesman said. So interesting um, topic because of a couple of reasons. <laughs> Well, I mean, one... They're cooking the books. No, don't I? I'm not going to have a tongue-in-cheek discussion about this. I have a serious dis- They've made discussion. up numbers, Hutchie. That's no, what Ostam's saying. Don't I? That is not what they're saying at well, all. What are, they, what are they just seeking clarification on some inflated numbers then? No, I, look, oh, you know where I'm going to come from on this. Of course this. I do. The, the corporate positioning. The Foxtel and KO product is distributed in a non-traditional manner, right? So it is available to you in your... On your, on your box, your set-top box, or a, your stream. It's available to you on, in your home where there's a small, small amount of people tested. Uh, too, think, too little to be real for I me. Think I, I think I read in, in um, that article, was it as little as 2,000 even? Yeah. Which, which is more than the then radio numbers. You can numbers, get it on your phone, on your iPad. Yeah. You can get it in a... You go into a pub and there's 500 people in there. How many of those have been counted? Like, I have enormous empathy. I think they're an amazing product. In sport, that's not in dispute here. <laughs> and they have shared their total audience. And then Ko, I think, is on track to get the 1.5 million subscribers by the middle year, which is extraordinary. They're getting 300,000 subscribers a year. Ko, that is an, in a country our size, off the charts. And I think Binge is four times that or something stupid. Right. So they they um, said their audience is 523. Uh, Oztam, which is f- traditional and conservative and like GFK, stuck in. Old methods have have called it out, and I think so. You you'd be impressed with Fox how what they're doing here, wouldn't you? 
No, I think... It, Cre- are... Creatively distributing their numbers. You'd be happy with that. Older school... Jane, older, Jane like that one. Older school print media... <laughs> Gets stuck on the linear number, which yeah. is not how modern consumption is, is done. They're, they're obsessed with the number that comes obsessed out. Obsessed with yeah. the, bo- know, the old box the number. The box number. Like, yeah. give me a spell. So, you know, are they going to work through the right methods and whether there's any duplication? Would you or... be at all surprised, though, if some of those numbers attached to some of those shows were slightly inflated? Because I would not at all be surprised. I would you? be entirely surprised. Because if there weren't 523 watching that game on television, I'd go, I would argue there's probably more. There's more. Like hang on, how they? Well, hang on. You got five twenty-three of a, of, a, of a single NRL game. Yeah. Have you been to a pub in New South Wales or Queensland on a weekend? Hutchie, I've told you I've lived in those cities. Unlike you, who bruises into a beautiful here hotel we, and, and bruises out and think you know the city. I found his uh, glass jaw here in New South Wales and Queensland living. There'd be people going to the movies with their partner watching the NRL on their phone. There'd be people. Yeah, but are they making? Are they? Are they applying those people in that pub to that number? I reckon it's the, a guess. I reckon Hachi. the pub consumption is a complete NRL. and utter stab well, in the dark as li- to what the number is. You yeah, know I that. Think there's a little bit of that. You know, a little bit of that. The, the entire thing is that. The digital consumption is exact. And that 523 includes the. the no, no, but, but that's not the number that, that's in question here. The it is dig- the number that's in question. Foxtel said it had an average audience of 523 per game, up 17% year on year. The Oztam have sought to understand the digital sort side. Sought to understand, as in they don't believe the number. Well, they're they're dealing with a small metric, I reckon, in their tradition, in their the way their products can ship. I'm half with you, by the way, but just the admit, industry they've made the they've they've just plucked the number. No, Damo, I reckon I reckon that would be on the unders that number. Oh, please, because the the traditional <laughs> measurers are not built for modern distribution. So you you you're actually in cahoots with them, aren't you? How how you. Radio, we're finally moving to you know watch-led measurement as part of the metric. Oh. Our industry, radio, but here's it's going to be part of the metric. You're not, they're going to keep the numbers secret till June. They're not going to, and they may or may not tell you later in the year. Like what? Are, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you exactly how many listeners we had yesterday via our app and our and there's, com. There's about forty. Are there forty boxes that measure radio rating, so to speak? Is that, am I? Is that number about right? Like the industry. The, our ability to measure media as uh, technology's changed is not keeping up. Yeah. And I have a high empathy for Foxtel, Damo. Who appear to be cooking the books Damo, on certain numbers. So of course I, I, you do. I disagree entirely. Hachi, uh, Brody Grundy did the rounds last week in lots of interviews, didn't he? And, and for those who don't follow the AFL, former Collingwood player, two-time All-Australian, now playing for Melbourne Football Club. The PR payoff? The PR payoff. There was a lot of reference to the travel he did last year, Hachi. Was it, was, it, was it Sahara Desert he went to? or some, it was one of those type of travels that he went to. And he is that type of person. Wants yep. to explore new worlds and new experiences. And, and one of the really good guys on the limited dealings I've had with him. But there was a lot of referencing to the travel he did. And, and Hachi, I did see it on more than one occasion. A, a specific reference to a travel company. Do you think he was offered up? On the quid pro quo that you mentioned the travel? I think it had that impression and that yeah. feeling about it, yeah. I think you, you you are normally all over this sort of stuff. Do, do you think that? Well, if it, got past, if it got past me, they've done well. I normally oh. catch that stuff on the way into our platform. <laughs> you watch your hands this one, eh? <laughs> where, where did you hear him? Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, that sounds like I, a... I saw it in print everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smart play, though. Don't you think to, to, to use the, the last free weekend in the AFL system for 30 weeks to, to pump up? The travel. We may as well give him a reference, given they've given us content. Intrepid travel was the reference. <laughs> I see. I, I missed it, but I, I acknowledge you uh, finding it. Well, well played. Uh, let's head to question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. 
Actually, Lee Eustace is someone who listens to this show regularly and uh, often poses some good questions to us. We're going to make his offering today the uh, question of this week. Last year, Damien on the podcast conceded that the footy media misunderstands, quote, that most fans don't care too much about the teams other than their own. As two who influence a variety of different footy content and on the cusp of another season, how do you two strike the balance between what is most newsworthy with appealing to the widest possible audience, that is multiple fan bases? It's actually a fantastic question, Hachi, given that it basically um, encompasses every single media identity and media organisation's outlook on any given sport in this uh, very brutal, tough to, to get airwaves landscape. What do you think? I think you go with what's the more broadly appealed story as a rule. I, I think you change your views. Now, ultimately, you and I will always say, and, and there's, yep. there's an old-fashioned saying to Lee's question and to our listeners, news is king. Okay, yep. that, that, That's an old-fashioned newspaper saying. But even in 2023, with all the clickbaiting that goes on, news will still trump anything if it's a genuinely good news story. So so that, that's a given, yep. and, and you will always chase the news story. But let's face it, nine days out of ten, I think, in media these days, you sc- I won't say scrambling for content, but you are- Manufacturing. Manufacturing. And you are required to, to wait a certain story. Yep. I mean, look at your show last night. I mean, I watched the first four segments. Um, there were topics that you discussed, I thought, in typical footy classified fashion, but they were topics everyone had been discussing. for. That's not a criticism. It's just- that was the weight you gave certain topics last night. Yep. And and ultimately someone, and you have a say in this as a rule, Hutchie, as, as do the other panellists, as do the producers in that show, made a decision on what led the show, what led out of the first ad break, what led out of the third ad break. That's a decision every media outlet makes. And and you ultimately base those decisions on those days on what has most appeal, I think. On the, on big news days, the big news story always prevails, news and opinion. On on slow news days... As, which, which is 9 out of 10, I reckon, these days. <laughs> then the manufacturer kicks in and the mm. waiting kicks in. And that's when a Collingwood story... And the beat, is. the beat up kicks in? Yeah, yeah. Well, it does. Yeah. We shouldn't beat around the bush on that. It does. Yeah. And it, it's, the manufacturer is slandered to a Collingwood or a Richmond or <laughs> yeah. a Carlton. Or, or in, a re emerging Carlton. Or in the other markets. Or a Ross Line. See, Ross Line cuts through. He I mean, does. Yeah. Or in the other markets. Or, or those that people are kind of barracking for to fail a little bit, I think. A bit of that sort of public sentiment. Yep. Um, in terms of coverage of teams and clubs, um, at the risk of sounding like an SEN ad here, Damo, I'll tell you anyway. It's taking, a bit, it's taking you a while today, Hutchie. It's about, what are we, 40-something minutes in before I'm, you... I'm a little interested in how you curate club content a little bit easier for the consumer. So you'll find this year in, in Adelaide, for instance, our Crows... Hutchie, I, I, please. Our, you'll see at this Crows... This has got nothing to do with the let question. Me, let me finish. At Crows Nation and at Power Nation. And Triple M's does in Adelaide. That's fine. Show as well. At Crows Nation and at Powers Nation on uh, Twitter and on TikTok will aggregate content, good, bad, and different about those clubs. Right. So you better go to that and consume it in your own feed, in your own way. Sometimes it'll be critical, sometimes it'll be positive, sometimes it'll be in between, but it is a place, a destination where you get blanket coverage. And that's a little bit different, but yeah. something we're trying to um, work towards. But that's, that's not going to get big numbers, I would have thought. Maybe not. No. We'll see. You could cook the numbers like Foxtel, maybe, but and not digitally. Can't do it. It's right there. <laughs> oh yes, you can, and you, and you know how to. <laughs> Your cynicism knows no end. You think even the algorithms now are cooked? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, it is cookable. The algorithms. Oh my goodness. Anyway, Lee, Lee, uh, Lee actually does listen to the show a lot. Hachi, he always poses yep. good questions. So thank you for that on uh, the sounding board wrap for up, this Dama. particular week. I oh, will wrap it up, Hachi, because you've got to get somewhere, Come don't on. you? 
That was episode seven, series eight of the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.